Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grand Canyon University, a Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering over 250 engaging programs online. Praised for its culture of community, students engage with faculty and connect with counselors who take a personalized approach for your success. GCU's online students received over $144 million in scholarships in 2021. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you qualify for. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about lanyards, apple turnovers, and um, very questionable decisions, and also dark hearts. You get four this week because dark hearts. I'm <laughs> why did I turn that into a song? I don't know. I'm Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I hope thoroughly entertained by this point. Uh, thoroughly entertained. Um, I'm excited. We are recording this on Star Wars Day. It episode started with a Star Wars reference, Epi- like just just amazing destiny. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just just for just to keep all the cards on the table. I'm wearing a crop top right now. I'm feeling wild. Let's party. Let's do it. Like <laughs> like it's springtime. You know, it's, it's hot girl summer. Hot boy summer. Ooh. Hot non-binary person. Summer. It's hot everyone summer. Hot just everyone be hot. summer. Everyone's hot. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Well, we are talking about season two, episode 17, Welcome to Storybrooke, which is admittedly a title I did not expect and was kind of strange to me because I was like, wait, I thought we already went to Storybrooke (laughs) in the first episode of the show. I like, are are we repeating? Is Emma coming back? Like, what's happening? Uh, But it turns out uh, we're actually going way, way back, back to the origins of Storybrooke when Regina cast her evil curse and how it it very quickly went very wrong. And it only took Regina about like (laughs) three, four days days to like hate everything about this world she had created, which I'm like, fair. I would probably be in the same boat. So this episode really strengthens my theory that like Regina had to plan literally every single thing that happened here. Um, so the idea that she has both worlds rolling around in her head and all of her planning, like she had to memorize that uh, Dr. Hopper's name because she almost mm-hmm. calls him Cricket. And then she's like, oh, no, wait, I'm sorry, Dr. Hopper, because they're all cursed. Like all that info info is downloaded into their brain. She just has to remember it. And she's the one that wrote it. So I, listen, the idea of Regina in her big, like, queen uh shoulder pads and a big headpiece standing over a thing doodling things down be like what will I call the cricket oh I know Dr. Hopper <laughs> I'm hilarious <laughs> yeah and it, I, I, we, I we've got so much to unpack with 
with this whole past story for, for better and for worse. Cause there's some things about it that I thought were fascinating. Some things I thought were very funny and ridiculous, probably in a way they didn't intend and others that, um, chilled me to my core and I did not like, no, I felt very unsafe a couple of times. Like I was like, I, I don't want to, I want to, I want to scrub forward. I don't want to keep watching this. My anxiety cannot take it. I don't like it. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go ahead and start in Storybrooke, uh, but first, uh, I, you guys can't see it, but Abby, I just want to say your makeup looks so good today. Thank you. Yes, thank she's you. got a cat eye, cat eye eyeliner, and it looks fabulous. Oh, thank you very much. It is my, it's it's the one of those, uh, makeup's always one of those, I don't feel so great, so I'm going to, I want to <laughs> start, I have hooded eyelids, so I can't do like a whole lot of like, this is just whatever, uh, but like one of the new trends, I don't know if you've seen it, is where you draw like, I think it's an e-girl thing, but you draw like a white line. I have not been brave enough to try, like, drawing, like, an extra line. Because it looks so cute when they do it. I'm worried I'm just going to look like a lunatic. But COVID has dropped me. Life's too short. I'm going to draw all the white lines. Maybe I'll do it next time we record. <laughs> yes, please do. Just I, for you, Because I've never seen it, and I'm very curious to see what it looks like. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and start in Storybrooke. We're going to do all the present-day stuff because the past, I feel, feel, is going to have a lot more to unpack, especially emotionally, because uh-huh. it's very core to Regina's story, <laughs> again, for better mm-hmm. and for worse. Um, but this is taking place shortly after uh, the death of Cora in The Miller's Daughter. Regina uh, dressed in what I only call basically the most Cora-esque of funeral garb. To the point where she has the full-length leather gloves. I was like, she's paying tribute to her mother the only way she knows how, by looking fabulous. And I was in support of it. I do like that, because, like, she she shows later that she has her wardrobe nearby. Like, I I have to imagine that, like, Cora's will is like, I would like to be buried with all of my clothing. So, because, mm-hmm. like, she has it with her. Like, it's like, she's here with her mother in the thing, like, in the in the coffin. But then, like, right next to it is, like, the, like, the, the oh, what do you want to call it? Um... The dresser. It's not a dresser. It's mm-hmm. uh, a wardrobe. Thing. Wardrobe. Thank you. Uh, and it's full of all her clothes. So I have to imagine like Regina is full on full bent crazy on this episode. So I think mm-hmm. she's probably just going like full Bates Motel, like wearing mother's clothes. I miss you so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so she is she's crying. She is distraught. And in comes Mr. Gold, who's come to pay his respect because Cora had a place in his heart. And also in his loins. This uh-huh. still made me sick and gross. And I did not care for it. And I was very eager to move on. Uh, Regina is clearly very upset. Uh, and this is the time that she has decided to return to her ways of needing vengeance and revenge on everyone who has wronged her. Particularly Snow White. Because once again, Snow White has screwed her over. And while the first time around... Snow White was a little child and just thought she was doing good. And so I feel like Regina's vengeance campaign against her, you know, a, 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 a little unjustifiable uh, when you're when you're saying I'm going to kill a child for a decision a child made. Uh, in this situation, I'm just like, mm, is it fair? Is it not fair? I don't, I don't know. I can't say it's fair to want to kill somebody, but at the same time, Mary Margaret, you done goofed up. Yeah, this was like, so the original sin of Mary Margaret to Regina, or to Snow White to Regina, was just, she was outfoxed by an adult. Like, mm-hmm. Cora played her, and Snow said, okay, well, I'll tell you, she loved the stable boy, and she thought she, 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 her heart was in the right place. You can do bad things while thinking you're doing the right thing, which we mm-hmm. learn 
And we will continue to learn about the Charmings moving forward. Uh, but this one, Snow knew what she was doing. Mary Margaret knew what she was doing. She knew exactly what would happen for all of these things. She lied. She manipulated. And she was she was the... Doc, gold was the domino to push her down. But, like, she's... She, it was her fault. It was her fault she well, knowingly yeah. did this. So yeah, I... Gold, gold yeah. may have, you know, given her the match, but, you know... It was only because she had the kerosene on hand and was fully ready to light a fire. She just, if she didn't want to do it, Gold wouldn't have been able to convince her to do it. Correct. So, yeah, this was, this was without what she wanted to do, like, this wouldn't have happened. It's not like it was an accident. It's like she didn't, it's not like she didn't have enough information. She had every bit of the information. So Mm -hmm. it is hard to feel bad for her. Um, I get it. And I get what you're saying, too, where it's just like, yeah, killing Snow, I mean... We, we, and we'll get to this towards the end of this the present storyline, but it's just like one of those, didn't she learn from the past? Like, the vengeance she thinks she wants is not the vengeance she actually wants because it it just, it won't make her happy. So, luckily, what's going to make her happy has fallen into her lap um, at the end of the episode. But yeah, this <laughs> back, one. Back in 1983 like, with kidnapping a small child. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> we are going to get into that. All right. So... Gold points out rightfully that uh, Regina killing Snow White while, you know, being part of her vengeance campaign, uh, you know, would, you know, hey, yeah, there you go. You could do that, but it's going to cost you Henry. Um, But she vows, she's like, no, I'm going to have Henry. I'm going to have my vengeance. I'm going to have that uh, triple latte mocha and not gain any weight from Starbucks. I can have it all. I'm she, I'm a boss bitch. I can she's have got girl boss energy. She's like I can have everything. Yeah. I can have everything I've ever wanted. Cheryl Sandberg. She's leaning in. She's leaning. In. Oh God. So okay. We're gonna leaning move past leaning that in with her <laughs> with her we're, tank dresses. Oh no. She. I love. I love her hashtag girl. I even said it like I was watching the episode and I had it in my again. I watch this with my headphones in like while I'm cooking dinner. So I just like randomly make commentary on it. And she's like, no, I can have everything I want. I was like, yes, queen, get it. Like, it was just like, like literally, like yes, want. queen. It's a yes, queen. Oh, yeah. No, she's like, no, I can get it because I have, I just searched my, like, I love the idea that Cora just keeps spells stuffed in her pockets like a lunatic. She's like, I keep them in my pockets. That's why well, I mean, it's, it could very well be, I mean, she, maybe she was planning to use that on Regina or she just, is so good at all the contingency. She's like, even in death, I will help my daughter achieve the most evil things. I like, like, uh, I, I like the idea that like all of her dresses had like statements to them where it's just like, okay, I'm going to go talk to somebody and I'm going to need to convince them of X, Y, or Z. And each idea is just like, well, I'm going to need to convince them to do something for me, but they need someone to love them. I will wear this dress as it has a spell in the pocket. That will make someone love them. And it's just like, you could just, you know, wear whatever you want and then pick up the spell later. You don't have to keep it in your pocket. Well, no, it's <laughs> like, it's like, remember, you know, it, you know, in there's the uh, Star Wars uh, book series uh, starting with Queen's Shadow where they go into uh, Amidala's story um, before, before Anakin and everything. And they explain her wardrobe that it's not just about looking flashy and pretty. It's actually um, armored and has hidden pockets because girls love pockets and has weapons inside, can do make force fields, like has 
her her wardrobes are actually serve a main function. So maybe that's just what Cora does. All her all her wardrobes serve this function of spell handy. Like she's like, okay, this is my this is my loving curse outfit. Uh, this is my um, Expelliarmus outfit. This is my um, the Killing Curse outfit. The thing from Harry Potter. That's that one. And uh, this is the one where I'm just want to feel good about myself. You know, had a hard day. <laughs> and I got my I got my spa spell. Oh yeah, I got her spa spell. And this is, this is just lounging around the house, just for me dress. This is just mm-hmm. the just for me dress. Wow, <laughs> we have talked about Regina for so long, but understandably so because it's Regina. Uh, anyway, so meanwhile, meanwhile, over in <laughs> meanwhile, Mary Margaret is inconsolable, and again. I you know I don't I don't want to like I don't want it to sound like I'm victim blaming like she got herself into this mess because that can be a, a, a very bad victim blaming but it, this isn't a situation where she was victimized she turned someone else into a literal victim like she she committed a crime and so like we have to we have to accept that that was her bad and that yeah. was her responsibility. No, this was very much a well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions kind of situation where it's like, I don't, we're not victim blaming. She, she, this is, I, I was thinking about it too because I do like how she is portrayed dealing with this because mm-hmm. all of the other baddies, and there's a great rumple line at the end of this that I, I just, I savored. It was such a great mm-hmm. c- exchange. But she is having trouble dealing with the fact that she she didn't do it herself. She she did not bloody her own hand. She just passed it along. Um, but she still made it happen and pushed it into motion. And that is knowledge she has to live with. And she, I mean, it's 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 a trauma that like soldiers have to deal with, and police officers, mm-hmm. and da 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 all that other stuff have to deal with of being like, I have killed a person. I have killed a person, like, whether I was right or wrong, I have killed a person, and I have unalived somebody. And good people, normal people, don't grapple with that in in the way that the absolutely unhinged villains do. They Their mm-hmm. first one is always going to be... Because Snow's not a serial killer. She didn't do this because she liked it. She did it because she thought she had to, and now she's trying to grapple with that consequence. Um, I do like how she, like how she was very emo- like, that's what I just kept thinking. I was just, like, waiting for her to start putting on black eyeliner and just, like, start playing Black Parade. Just be like, oh, no one understands me. Because uh, it was very yeah, dramatic. Uh, it was very dramatic. The one, thing, the one thing I didn't care for was that how she was always just in the scene, just sitting there being catatonic. I, I get that she has, like, this kind of loft studio-esque apartment thing. Um, but it almost felt like she was just kind of reminding everyone of her presence I don't know if it was because she wanted someone to comfort her and tell her it was it was okay. okay. I don't know if she was like <laughs> seeking validation or or what, but it was it was uncomfortable to me. I she had a very big strong like that um like that kid in school that would like come up to the locker and just be like <sighs> yes. What's wrong, Snow? I won't talk about it. I won't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> like vague booking and just be like, "Oh, I've never felt worse. What happened?" Oh, no man, just DM me. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like she was always sort of like a looming presence. I did like that she didn't add to anything. Like there was never a point yeah. where she was just like, "Don't do that. I don't deserve it." Or you, you shouldn't be doing anything. She was just laying there, just like staring out the window. And it was again, it's it felt very um, I, 
to put it in kind of a funny perspective, it did feel like just like an Instagram model having a bad day. Just because just launched in the day and drink iced coffee in bed. I just, I can't, I can't with today. I just, I just can't. Um, I mean, I will say that, that, um, that uh, the actress, you know, she sells it. Oh, yeah. You know, she, Jennifer Goodwin freaking sells it. Like, if there's anyone who's going to to convey the sincerity of Mary Margaret in her grief, because we are supposed to believe that, we are supposed to believe that she is sincere in this grief, that she knows oh, yeah. she fucked up. It's going to be Jennifer Goodwin, because I feel like any other actress just lingering in the scene would make us feel like, ah, maybe you should, like, go be by yourself for a while but jennifer good was just so good it just made it just broke my heart yeah but i was at the same time i was like maybe give the others a break so they don't have to look no, at you all the time no, no no like i mean a snow white mary margaret her character is very like it's very pure and it's very good and like that's what she's like that's what but she's also like a high-key diva <laughs> like she tries <laughs> not to be like she's not a diva like regina's a diva She's a diva in her own special way. Like that little sassiness that she had in the one episode where she was just like down, like talking bad to the, to the servants or everything because of who they are. I am a princess. That's never really gone away with her. She's just learned to like deal with it a little bit differently. Like she loves being Mm -hmm. the center of attention. She wants to save the day. That was the way she was. She couldn't even hide out in the woods without becoming a spectacle. Like it's, she is uh, a good a good person but also an extrovert and everybody has to involve <laughs> them like everyone has to be involved in her mood and her bad mood cloud enjoy me in the apartment um, <laughs> she's, she's very extra yes. um so speaking of extra henry <laughs> he's he's so extra he has had it because everyone's lying to him all the time and uh, Emma's lying to him. Prince Charming's lying to him. Neil's lying to him. Like everybody is just like keeps telling him to go in other rooms, which like he's had freaking had enough, and I do not blame him because if so, everyone kept telling me to just go into the bathroom and close the door while they discussed real problems. Uh, I would be like, hell no! What are you? What are you talking about? Because no, technically, there's... his his one of his grandmas is dead. Yeah, you know, whether he cared or not, but but at the same time, there's such a better way to deal with this. Why, like, shielding a child from an event like this, that's okay. You're allowed to shield them from certain things because Henry is not old enough to process this. And yeah, his brain has not fully formed yet. Like, he's not, because again, case in point, his plan to stop all this was to throw dynamite down a well. He's he is a child and I don't fault him for that, but I fault the adults for not doing it better because, of course, he knows that they're lying when they just go, just go over here and put your hands over your head and scream la 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 for the next 30 seconds while your dad and I get out are out here getting a divorce. Like, that's not how it works. You ship them off somewhere under the pretense of something better. Uh, You do something. You just get them out of there without because they all seem so intense about it. No, Henry, this isn't for you. Go away. It's like, "Ah, tell me what's going on. And they're like, oh, you're right. I should tell you. It's like, okay, first of all, pick a side. Tell him or don't tell him. But also be better about telling him or not telling him. They did both wrong. And as far as I'm concerned, like, I mean, but at at the same time, I feel like in Henry's case specifically, they're past the point where they need to be honest with him. He, like, people lying to him was what caused him to eat that poison turnover and go into a coma and almost die. Uh, you know, 
he's he has been lied to for this under the guise of protecting him for so long that it's actually put him in more danger and he almost blows himself up in this episode because he is a you know stupid child so yeah like i feel like at this point they can gently be honest with him but they still got to be honest with him and and eventually emma is I know, but Beth, Beth, the scenario you just set up was he was lied to, he got poisoned. He was not lied to, he almost blew himself up. No matter what you do, Henry's going to almost die. Like, there's no winning. <laughs> there's no winning no matter what happens. Truth, almost dead. Lying, almost dead. So, again, I, I don't know. But I'm, it's only it's I understand only what you're saying, but... He, it, was, it was after so many lies, like, he's just kind of like, he's hit his quota. He's like, I gotta take matters in my own hands because the adults keep screwing it up and lying to me about it's it. almost like Henry has a lot of trauma that no one has decided to deal with as well as everybody else in the room. All of the people in here need so much more therapy than a cricket can give them. <laughs> right, well, um, Emma reveals that Mary Margaret did play a hand in Cora's death and Henry's like, no, no, she's good. She's beer. And I'm like, did you read the book? She does bad stuff in the book, too. But I just thought, No, I, like, you know, f- fast forward to the, uh, the uh, baby dragon storyline. I mean, uh, don't her and Charming uh, do something weird with, um, oh, no. Yes. Um, yeah, like, the, there's a whole, like, really dark storyline that involves, like, a rattle and, like, a baby dragon. And it's a whole situation, which is where the baby dragon stuff came from. It's a mess. Like, they are not, like, golden children. They are just not as bad as Regina. Yeah. Well, in pops gold to tell them, hey, BT dubs, uh, Regina wants to kill Mary Margaret. Mary Margaret obviously ain't going to do shit to stop it because she's catatonic and, and not moving. And so David's like, no, you must protect her because now you owe a debt. And he, like, I and- love his life so much. He's like, you can't just come in here and drop a bomb like that. What was he supposed to do, David? <laughs> Send a basket. <laughs> and then and then and then he demands a gold protector and is like, I thought you didn't want him to show up. Now he like if he didn't show up, you wouldn't know that Mary Margaret needs protection. So Yeah, like what was he supposed to do? Like just be like, Oh, by the way, Mary Margaret may or may not be in trouble. It's fine, let's not all worry about it. But no, he's just like, Hey, I've come to warn you. You can't just do this. <sighs> whatever um i yeah, do Ch- like charming that, is not in peak form in this episode well his wife is suffering i listen charming has the energy of a man who shows up like who gets sent out for tampons and comes back with the entire aisle like i didn't know what you needed <laughs> but i got everything but i also got you ben and jerry's forgot what flavor it was so i bought you 10 pounds like he has that kind of energy where it's like my wife is hurting i have no idea how to make decisions anymore oh she's hurting uh, so, but he makes, basically makes, yeah, he makes Rumple like, guard her, and she only, ki- he only kind of guards her for a little bit, and then makes an excuse about a blood feud later, which is weird, but whatever. Yeah, it's, he didn't exactly do a very good job, but, uh, anyway, so Regina is, she is inconsolable, she is, uh, a little manic, and, um, distraught, mm-hmm. and she heads to check out her mom's, uh, her mom's wardrobe collection, checks out all her spell dresses, um, to, to find, she's looking for a necklace that has her mom's picture in it, but in the meantime, thank you, mommy, creepy, she finds a <laughs> no. scroll, and we can't read what's on it, but it turns out it's not good, because as Gold points out, 
uh, Regina's got a, like, basically, like, a love trickery, like, basically convinces someone that they're, that they love somebody else, which, um, Emma is like, but she, she, she recites basically, like, the Aladdin from Aladdin. The Aladdin rules! <laughs> And I gotta wonder if that was on purpose. I, oh, it's gotta be on purpose. Listen, I have a suspicion that the Star Wars reference at the beginning of this, this show came out in, what, 2009, 10? They were already mm-hmm. like, we're taking Star Wars. And we're just letting everyone know 10 years in advance. <laughs> we are we are lining ourselves up. Um, yes. No, but yeah, it's just basically, I love, this is one of my favorite, like, Once Upon a Time tropes. We've set up a rule. But later we want to sidestep the rules, so we're going to sidestep it weirdly, where it's like, oh, no, 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 it's not an actual love potion. You just think that you're in love and it's unbreakable. Like, it's just like, okay? So you just <laughs> pretend, okay? Like, it's not an actual love potion because you can't actually mimic love, but you can found somebody into eternity of hell by pretending that they're in love with you. Okay. Yeah, that's, Good to know. that's fine. That's Good cool. to know. Good to know. Um... And uh, Henry realizes that Regina has this curse uh, and is going to use it on him. And it requires the heart of the person that she hates the most. Isn't that convenient? She really hates somebody right now. Um, So uh, that all happens. Henry's understandably upset. So (laughs) Emma takes him to go get some food. Uh, And who's there but her, his daddy, Neil, uh, who's like, hey, why don't you come be with me in New York? It's going to be awesome. You're going to be safe from the curse. It's all going to be good. And and Henry is just done with adults telling him what to do. He has had it. Um, so he so he he lies. It's his turn to lie. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll go to New York. Sounds great. We'll get hot dogs. We'll go to that museum that we never went to because, um, you know, Hook showed up and stabbed, stabbed my grandma. <laughs> Hook might also be still in the closet. We're not sure. We don't know. Um, uh, I do like that her clue was the backpack wasn't there and not that he hasn't taken a single bite of the ice cream, uh, which by the way, was just a scoop and did not go all the way into the cup was hilarious to me. Um, and then, so two things Granny on the cheats meal. out her customers. Oh, God. She's too busy. She's too busy. She can't staff the place. And so she has to short shoot them with the food. So two things on the Neil piece. One, I'm going to tell you, he's starting to kind of grow on me on this rewatch. I'm kind of getting it. Like, I just, like I said, during the first watch, I was just like, no. Uh, I didn't, like, obviously I wasn't Team Hook ahead of time, but it was still just one of those I didn't really like Neil. He's growing on me. Second of all, please never call him Daddy again. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah. I I make no promises. I love, I love that, I love Emma's line being like, he took his book bag to the bathroom, like, He's your son. And for like a split second, Neil looks so proud. <laughs> like he's just like, oh, oh, ah, okay, let's go. Like he's just like, oh, my son, he has my traits. Bad ones. But whatever. Yay. Let's go find him. <laughs> he's truly mine. Um, and for a second, Regina shows up uh, to Mary Margaret's apartment. She's sitting there like bait. And, and Gold's like, no, girl. <laughs> Bye, you have no power here. <laughs> you have no power. Like the Lord of the Rings line. You have no power here. Like, like, I love it. And and we do get that moment between um, Gold and Mary Margaret that you mentioned that I did also really like where she's just like, how do you live with this? How do you live with this? Knowing you've done something so wrong to someone else. And he just like pauses and he gets really candid in a way we don't see very often where he just says, you just 
tell yourself you're doing the right thing. And eventually you'll believe it. And I thought that was a very poignant moment for Rumple. Um, does it pay off in the end? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I wish we did. I do wish moving forward we would get more of these Rumple moments because this is Me the too. kind of him. This is the kind of Rumple that I really like because if we got more of this, I would ship him and Belle more. Yes. Because this is the part of Rumple that I believe Belle sees. That he knows what he's doing is wrong. And he basically admitted that to, to, to Snow just in that moment. And in some, somewhere deep down, he knows what he's doing is wrong. And he kind of hates himself for it. But we, we don't see that. Like, this is like no. one of what I would think would probably like maybe five lines of honesty from him. Uh, so, yeah, no, I love this line. It was delivered amazing. Like, him plus emo Mary Margaret chilling on the bed, staring outside, being like, what is light? Well, will I ever feel sunshine on my skin again? Like, that, <laughs> both of those things were just really heavy. And I, I, I appreciated it a lot like this was they carried that scene and it was great it was so short but poignant yeah and i like that it was between gold and mary margaret because they're family of them they're they're family but the two of them don't really ever do anything apart from make deals like this you know this this was a wall breaking down at least temporarily it it crumbled it cracked just so you could peer through it and have a little honesty for just a moment yes uh, but meanwhile, we've got Henry. He has stolen uh, some dynamite. He's going to go blow up a well. Uh, but first, while running through the woods, he bumps into Greg. You know, that guy played by Ethan Embry who's been at the hospital. And what are the odds there's a, a backstory about some random kid uh, going on in the background? I bet it's they're so not connected, Beth. So, not at all. It's so weird, right? Like, here's Easy. this guy who's just, who's there. Who? So, stranger. Stranger in the flashback. Could be anyone. Parallels. And so um, Greg calls Regina's like, yeah, I ran into your kid just like in the woods. I I didn't stop him. but I thought I'd call you. I do like that he very very obviously takes a picture of Henry's book bag too. Like, I I mean, also, I just want to point out that I want to see whatever he shot on that $20 Walmart phone that he has because... If I would be from the distance where he's taking photos and shots of stuff with my current iPhone, probably pretty clear. Um, but on that thing, it's a potato phone. You're just going to see like six pixels and just be like, yeah, what? I don't know. Is her hand glowing? Could have been anything. Uh, so, yeah, no, he takes a picture of the book bag and they both are lying to each other. It's so funny. I'm a boy scout. Yeah. Oh, me. I'm taking I'm taking photos on this hike. The trail's over there. Well, you're not a boy scout. Nice to see you. See you later. (laughs) Uh, And so we find Henry at the well. He has got the dynamite and he's just going to light it while standing right next to it. This could have gone so bad so fast. But luckily Regina is there, hands in the air, and is just like, Henry, what are you doing, boy? Maybe you should stop this. And... She makes the same mistake that Rumple has made in that she uses magic for somebody who clearly doesn't want that because she poofs away the dynamite so that he can't. I mean, I get it. She doesn't want to blow himself up. But at the same time, I'm like, he's literally telling you he wants to destroy magic and then you start using magic. Not making your case. 
It's his, it's, it's her son and he was running with scissors. So we have to take the scissors away and we will explain <laughs> later. Gotcha. Gotcha. Take him away with magic. <laughs> we'll take it away with magic. I know you're mad, but let me explain. Thank you that you're alive and not in a little bunch of bitty pieces at the moment. Let's talk about why this is a terrible plan and why whatever you're about to do will get you killed and also won't work. Yeah, but the, the the focus of their conversation is on the 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 curse, the spell that she was going to cast on Henry, and she has the audacity to try and justify it. No, it's gross. This was such bad mojo. This was yeah. so bad. Yeah, like this was this was along with the past storyline is the part where you start seeing kind of the cracks in Regina, where it's like, I don't know if you believe a lot of the stuff that's going on, but I can tell that you're just desperate and when you mm-hmm. become desperate you start speaking from that place like like rumple rumple and maybe a couple other characters that aren't coming to mind like they work better in desperation like if if all hope is lost they are suddenly working in the best possible consequence they're like they're like procrastinators oh i have to write a paper in 30 minutes bet like just let's do it <laughs> but like regina is that person that's just like i haven't been doing all this legwork to get here therefore i'm just gonna like shoot off at the mouth and it's just gonna be bad and it had a very, like, Rumple and Neil's first conversation where it's just like, look, I know you don't like magic, but what if we go magic away together? No. Read no. the room. Read, Read the, the woods. Room. Yeah, exactly. Read the woods. And so, like, it doesn't work. And then I do like that the standoff that we get is that, like, it's Regina with a fireball. Henry in just basic, uh, just freak out mode. Charming with a gun. Yep, gun drawn. <laughs> Emma just standing there panicking. Neil with a jaunty scarf on. And is Ruby also there? Just there? Ruby's there. She okay. was tracking Henry. Right. So so anyway, it's just we just have that standoff and they're arguing about what's happening, but also again more about snow. Like this whole episode in the present, they're talking about snow, even when she's not in the room. Diva. Absolute diva. <laughs> Well, Henry manages to stop the standoff by just being like, Mom, chill. Mom, chill. Both y'all chill. Okay, are we good? Okay, we're good. And Regina decides to destroy the curse because she wants to get into Henry's good graces. And, um, and of course, like every other time before, Regina does the right thing and is rewarded by being alone. Yes. And this is where things always go bad for her. This is, you know, we forget, unless we forget when she brought the food to the potluck and everyone treated her like she had leprosy. When Regina does right, she's still shunned because she's done so much wrong. And you can't really blame people for that because literally a few minutes ago, she was threatening to curse her own child to make him love her. Um, But it just, it doesn't, bode well for Regina's state of mind where yet again her doing the right thing doesn't get her gratification it gets her the exact opposite no and this is but it does track with the fact that she has no idea she has only ever really kind like loved two people one was murdered right in front of her and she didn't have the time or the the maturity to understand that love whether it was true love or not we don't know uh with the stable boy but she also loved her mother, who did not love her back. Because she mm-hmm. did not have a heart, as we learned. 
So she only has a very upsetting track record with love. She doesn't know how it's supposed to feel or the work it takes to build it. And it takes a lot. Like, I mean, just because he's your kid and you've got, you know, it doesn't mean he can't be mad at you. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. he can't, like, start, like, pushing away from you. Like, this is a problem that I think a lot of people can probably, like, like, identify with. Where it's like, just because you're my mom doesn't mean... I owe you anything. Like, you're still my mom and I don't want you to die and I don't want you to do anything stupid. I also don't want to talk to you. <laughs> but I also, <laughs> I don't want you to do anything stupid. Like, I, I want these things, but I also want these things. Like, that's, it's a boundary thing and he is, he sets those up early and it's just like, just because you did one right thing after all these horrible things doesn't mean we're all going to celebrate you. It's going to be, we're going to leave you alone and trust you to be by yourself and we're not going to lock you in a cell. Um, anyway, that's my stump speech on that. Um, but I, but yeah. yeah, she's alone. Yeah. So she's alone and which puts her again in that very, um, hostile state where she's like, I tried to have everything. I couldn't, but maybe I can because yeah, Mary Margaret comes to visit. Um, this scene and so this, I mean, much. this scene could have gone so South if it weren't for these actresses, because, the the body of the, the the scene, the framework of the scene, is very ridiculous. <laughs> oh, be- oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. This is a ridiculous scene, but these these actors working together make you feel it so much. Because Mary Margaret goes to Regina's door and begs her to kill her because she cannot live with the grief of what she has done. Yep. Uh, which. Is because she is very desperate. Because, like, she clearly didn't consult Charming. No. Or her daughter. No. Like, she's not thinking clearly. She hasn't gone, like, BT dubs, I'm going to go die. So, bye. Like, this is a very irrational decision, solely driven by the grief that she's experiencing and the guilt that she's experiencing. Um, and Regina's just like, I shouldn't. But okay. And she pulls out her heart. And then twist Regina. Abby, it's here. It's here. It's arrived. From the legends foretold. It is the famous black spot on the The, heart. It's debut. The prophecy is spoken. It is here. Oh, Oh the darkness. It is upon us. Um, I legit thought this happened later in the show. I also thought this. Um, I will say two things. First, I love that they did this in the daytime. It would be very easy to make this scene a lot more powerful at night. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it'd just be like, it's dark, you got moonlight, like it looks a lot more intense. But this was just middle of the day. (laughs) It's around tea time. And in snow pouring her heart out and literally pouring her heart out. (laughs) But the best line in this episode, uh, second place is Rumples, you know, like maybe, maybe, but first is just Regina. Like Lana is looking at a prop heart and she grins in a way that makes me think she's going to take a bite out of it because mm-hmm. she just looks up and she's just like, I can have it all. And it's the most, like, she's so happy but also equally as just like a demented state to it where she's like, I can't have it all. I can do it. And it's such a, like, it's in her eyes and it's in her smile. Like it's terrifying. Like, 
and it terrifies Snow or Mary Margaret or whatever you want to call her at the same time. And I'm like, this scene could go on for an hour and I wouldn't be mad about it. Like, this is golden. <laughs> and then it is followed by just the icing on the cake where she she throws Mary Margaret's heart back into her body because she's she believes that Mary Margaret, since she has this black sweater spot on her heart is going to destroy her family so regina doesn't even have to do it mary margaret's gonna do it so she's like here here's your heart back now get off my porch listen i'm going down a little bit of a marvel rabbit hole here where i've been watching a bunch of the movies because i've been obsessed with uh, i'm i will preface this by saying i was a very big winter soldier fan from the jump so the fact that these shows came out i'm just like re-intoxicated by the whole thing so i rewatched all the movies this has a very, like, Civil War Zemo moment where it's one of those, I mean, yeah, I could kill all of you and destroy your empire, but that comes back. But if you destroy each other from the inside, that's what will destroy it for good. And that's what Regina is doing, and that's mm-hmm. even more diabolical. And it, that's one of those things where she just kind of stumbled into a better plan on accident. And is capitalizing on it. Good for her. Yeah. But there's a complication because uh, Greg, that guy, the, just the guy who's there, is filming because he got her address from Henry's backpack. So he has been filming and he caught the whole thing. And he says something very interesting and he pulls something out of his bag, oh, which is but, also but, very interesting. But to, but to explain but, that, we have to go back in time to 1983. <laughs> to 1983 where, where, where everybody except these two guys dresses like they're in 2006 <laughs> gotta go back in time but not the I wardrobe mean, department back the, in time <laughs> the props and wardrobe just dysfunction in this episode is amazing because like because yeah it's storybook in 1983 it's when it's first started and they've they've got like i know i noted this all the cars in the scenes are vin- are 80s or earlier. They used proper cars. Okay. But the clothes. Oh, I love it. Are just like Regina brought them in, like, I'm going to put us in the fashions of what will exactly happen when Emma comes back to town. Listen, this is this is very the Knight's Tale where it's like everything is is all the props are proper, um, but except this one woman who is dressed in current fashion, we will not explain it, and um, we're not ever going to. Uh, I noticed that too. I thought it was really funny, mostly because, um, listen, how much would you pay to see uh, Regina's nineteen eighty three hair, like real <sighs> trend? Oh, oh, I would have. Can you imagine the transition from queen shoulder pads to 1980s shoulder pads? Right? That would have been perfect. And her girl boss outfits and her Aquanet, she would have been unstoppable. (laughs) But that would also assume that the town could experience time, which we'll, let's talk about that when we get into it, because I have some questions. Okay. So... We're going to start with what, how the show opened up. And for a second, I thought Disney Plus was trying to show me a commercial and I got mad. Because uh, I was like, <laughs> I don't know what this is. So it's just, it's just a man and his son out camping. And having kind of like a, I, I don't know, these two, again, one's a kid actor, so I'm not going to give him too much stuff. They did not play off each other right. I did not like the dad. I'll just say that up front. It didn't really work for me, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but basically they're just like, yeah, we're, we're, we're dads. We're going to, or I'm a dad. You're a son. Let's talk about something topical for 1983. Yeah. Luke Skywalker. 
um, look, I made this for you. And he hands it to her. And the kid's like, you suck at this. He's like, yeah, I do, son. And then, like, a big storm happens. And instead of hiding in the truck, we hide in the tent. I've got questions. And so afterwards, the truck has been semi-destroyed, everything else. And he's like, oh, no, it's a big electrical storm. So let's go walk. And they find, they walk into Storybrooke. The event was Storybrooke was landing. The curse. They did yes. not have Grumpy to scream, it's here, for them to know. So see, yeah. Grumpy's job is very important. <laughs> so they, they were totally caught by surprise. Yes. But they were able to freely walk into Storybrooke, which did... Was that part of the curse later? Like, mm, I think it's only because they were already inside city limits. Oh, that's like, fair. Okay, the curse okay. arrived and it tra- basically caught them inside. I always they forget were about the outside woods. It. Okay, that, yeah. you know what? That's fine. I won't get into it then. So they walk into Storybrooke and the guy's like, you know, the adult being like, this, this wasn't here. Like, we were supposed <laughs> to have 30 miles on either side of us of nothing. Like, first of all, where does that exist? But whatever. Anyway. And so they go walk into town, and they walk into town, and um, they spot Erno Graham shows up, which, ah. (gasps) Graham's back! Jamie Dornan's back! Jamie Dornan, he's just, he's so pretty. I watched a movie with him recently. Uh, It's him and Sebastian Stan, and somehow Jamie Dornan was the most vanilla person in that movie. I didn't understand it, but okay. Um, But he he was also in um, the, the Barb and Star. Oh, yeah? Go to Vista Del Mar. What he was he was a delight in that. He was clearly having such a fun time. If you want, okay, I need to watch that. I've heard you need but to great watch things. it. Okay, because basically, so if you want like a movie that's like Austin Powers level of farce, that nonsensical farce where you're just like, what the hell is this doing? Where is it going? But written more for a female sensibility or a female humor. Barb and Star is your thing. Because I cannot stand Austin Powers. But I understand the appeal. And Barb and Star definitely, um, it, it hit that for me. Just all their jokes about culottes. I, I couldn't so, get Because so, I love culottes. <laughs> so it's a movie that's like Austin Powers. And I loved Austin Powers. Look, I know it doesn't hold up. It does not hold up at all. But at the time, loved Austin Powers. Loved that form of comedy. Uh, and Jamie Dornan. And it's, it's, yes. it's, it's geared toward oh. a woman. Uh, Beth sold sold a thousand times. I might just get off the phone and call. I'm it, not. Like, I, I was actually going to tease you something from it, but I'm not going to. I want you to be surprised, and you're going to have to tell me what you experienced. One hundred percent. Oh yes, it was. It's a delight. <laughs> yes, it is Austin Jamie, Powers for women. Jamie Dornan fan <laughs> hour has concluded. Uh, so he <laughs> never, he it's never over. I love, I love him as the sheriff. I love him as Graham. Like he's just mm-hmm. such a like, and again. There's a there's a, a a not so great part about his his life as the sheriff, but I do. Yeah. He's just so sweet. He looks so cute with his little beard and his little hair and his little suit, and he's just like, "Hey, everything's fine. What's going on?" He takes him to Grammys, like or and Grannies, and he, they 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 get some food and Regina. So we'll backtrack just a little bit, but they just basically show Regina waking up on the first day, and she's just so happy. Oh, she is she delighted. It worked. She, so she gets still to, pajamas. Like, she gets to like walk down the street. I mean, just like BG song playing, just like yeah, like just so so pumped. Like, uh oh, there's there there's Geppetto up there, like a like a dork. 
pounded something on there. I'm so glad I made him do that. Like, and then like I get to run into Mary Margaret every day and just tell her she's a jerk. And I get to see Red and Granny arguing while Red wears a. I love that their outfits change, but the day doesn't change. I don't know why I find that the most delightful part, but I love it. Yeah, this is the thing that I wanted to talk about that very much confused me. Because uh, I'm trying to think of like, is this constants and variables or what? Because, yeah, the outfits change, but the day the day seems to stay the same, but also it doesn't. Because like different things happen in it but also some same like um like red and granny's conversation is slightly different every day but it's the same topic and then geppetto every day like the second day he was doing the sign he's like i hope it's good this time like it seems like he acknowledged that he had to fix it before and he has to do it again and then like I, there's time where like you see rumple like look in a different direction you see um hopper kind of walking in a different way than before like it's not like westworld where they all have the same programming Mm -hmm. but also it is i was extremely confused and then i have a note about it whereas did henry just take the same day of class his whole life so every grade i so here's here's my theory here's my theory I think for certain things, like, I don't think she had, like, a phrase book that everybody was written on. And if she did, she only had it for a couple people. I think it was more of, like, an over, like, like an overarching feeling. Um, because, like, every time she runs into Snow or Mary Margaret, she reacts a similar way. Um, but she can say different things. Like, she can interact with them and they say different things. So she doesn't have every single conversation mapped out. It's just one of those... This is Mary Margaret. Mary Margaret is going to be meek, is going to be, is going to apologize constantly like a stereotypical Canadian, apparently, um, and just be very soft and very, you know, like, but alone, 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 and kind of aware that she's alone. Uh, Red and Granny are going to fight because Red is a certain way and Granny's another certain way, but their relationship is not okay. So the fight is similar, but different. Um... I don't know. I just assume that Geppetto's just kind of like an old dude. Old dudes just say the same thing over and over, whether you want them to or not. They're just like, yes, this is it's like when they, they move a strap on the back of a truck, that's not going anywhere. But, I mean, I agree. Yeah. The only thing that the only wrench in that wheel is the fact that Mary Margaret gives the exact same lesson to the children. And it's not like teachers repeat lessons it's not about that it's that it concludes the same way to the point where i wasn't even sure if it was the same footage from the pilot episode i couldn't quite tell but she does the uh something something no running it's like the exact same way in the pilot yeah so so i think the school and the school has been a problem and will continue to be a problem because you're right. Like i i've had this question from the beginning does henry just continue having this like those kids aren't aging those kids are, are fairy tale characters and they do not age. So the kids he started in class with are still in kindergarten, but now he's 10. I, this, this is the part that doesn't make sense to me. Like, does it, does it evolve? Because it does evolve in the fact that in Regina's like first couple of days of just being just utterly gleeful about how miserable they all are and how she gets to just bask in it. Mary Margaret is just living her life and you know doing whatever regina coded for her and then regina introduces her to john doe slash charming to david 
And then that changes the pattern that Mary Margaret has. Because then Mary Margaret starts visiting the John Doe and staring at him and then eventually bringing him things. So it's her not realizing, I guess, that like she can manipulate a little bit. It's the same day over and over. And I guess their brains just wipe at the end of the day. Maybe it evolves a little bit. But it, it's it's like a growing thing. It's a growing sentience, but not a freedom. Yeah. And I also like, and then on that same note, I I don't get like, while I, I, I like the fact that they did the period accurate cars and like, you know, the, the sign on the back of the, 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 on the bench being like 1983 computers are the future. Um, I don't know why they did that and not the clothes because like they're, if they're trying to say, Oh, this is a place outside of time that just have the modern cars too and have them have their cell phones. Cause otherwise then you have to answer the question of how did they get new cars? How did they get cell phones? Yeah. You know, like by, <laughs> I feel like, by doing half, it was like the worst option. <laughs> yeah, I, I not, agree. Because they I can't agree. like if they went all in one way or the other. If they went all in on the period stuff and were just like the curse updates with time, even if they're stuck in time, or if everything was circa two thousand eight, and it's just like this is a place frozen in time from the future. <laughs> Because Regina, Regina is imagine? is a time traveler. Can like, you imagine like these these two this guy and his son show up and everyone's just got like iPhones like <laughs> or blackberries that? or blackberries case. or whatever they have at the right time. So so let's get into probably I don't know I, would we rank what happens to these two as like a top ten traumatic terrible thing? Yes, bad. <laughs> this is really bad and. Like, I still feel like what she did to Graham in Storybrooke is worse. Easy top three. Easy top three on Graham. This is definitely a top three, and it's another reminder of, God, I can't, I can't believe we root for her redemption later. Because things like this just make me, make it really hard oh, to this see is that. Tough. Okay, so, so, Guy and his son get into town. They go to Granny's. Uh, they're going to get a room at Granny's. And <laughs> Regina walks in. And she's like, who are these people? What's going on? And she's Graham. No, I don't know. It's great. Hey. <laughs> like, he has no idea. You want to go later? Fine. And like, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll come over later. Like, stage whisper louder, Graham. Dude. Like, she's <laughs> like, just sort of like flexing to everybody in this in the diner. Just be like. <laughs> so. Regina is just. She, again, this is this is how I'm saying. Like Regina doesn't know how to act when things don't go her way exactly. Like that's how much of a control freak she is. So like day two, strangers show up in her 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 fictional town, and she's just completely unhinged. So she's upset about. It. She's just like she's like we gotta get them out of here. But then the truck apparently will will take like two weeks to fix because they can't get parts in time. But then Regina convinces them to get the parts in a week. Again, I have questions about sourcing imports and exports of Storybrooke and how they're uh, getting these things. Can't even start. But whatever. The socioeconomic ramifications of Storybrooke. So many questions. So she just starts this like very bizarre relationship with this guy because she likes the kid. Because the kid kind of walks up and is just like... like Oh, I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself. She shows up the next day and the kid is sitting in her, her seat. What is this? An episode of Seinfeld? Regina, pick a different stool. And 
Also, how does she have a seat? She only just got there like a day ago. Again, again, diva. Like that was probably <laughs> in the writer she made being like, and then they will fight about this and they will fight about this and Geppetto will mail this letter. Also, this stool is my favorite <laughs> as I have designed the diner to be this. Oh, what a diva. So she's mad about it. And the kid like gives her like one of the little friendship keychains, being like, thank you for letting me have your seat. She's like, do you like want to come over to my house? It's probably not weird. Uh, come over and I'll feed you semi-okay lasagna. And the guy's like, okay. So they go, the kid kind of, the kid is, is just blunt and knowing that we, we later find out that his, his mom has just passed away. So kids deal with trauma their own ways. But I love, the best joke in this episode is that we're from New Jersey, you know, the home of the boss. Boss. (laughs) And then Regina's like, your wife, is she back in New Jersey with the boss? He's like, okay, (laughs) lady. She's such like, that's like such a like outdated mom, like. Feels just like, oh, you do these things? Which directions do the one directions go? Oh, no. Like, stop. <laughs> wow, this lasagna's busted. Get out of my house. So so she's just like, hey, do you want to go make apple turnovers with me? A process that takes hours. Did the guy just yeah. sit in the... What? Anyway, just doesn't matter. And she's like, you should stay. It's great here. And they're like, this is super sketch. No. <laughs> Yeah, they have a house, Regina. They're not living in the woods. They're on a camping trip. I love that she has no concept of how, like, actual human beings live. Because to her, they were just two poor people out camping because that's what poor people do. And they would be honored to live in her kingdom because that's what Queen Regina would do. She tried to do this with those two kids. Uh, She did. Hansel Gretel. She was just like, come live with me. It's so wonderful. They were like, no, I love that kids hate her. (laughs) Kids kids (laughs) can smell evil. And they're just like, absolutely not. Um, So, yeah. So, they, she goes and tries to convince the mechanic, Gus, to uh, hurt the car in some way in which they have to stay. And he's like, ooh, okay, could do that. Please don't hit me. Uh, They already left. (laughs) So, she goes... And tells Graham, via his heart, that he needs to arrest the man for drunk driving before they reach the town limits and bring the boy. Dad hears this. (laughs) It's weird. He immediately freaks out. Now, this is, this whole last scene with the dad is why I kind of like freaked out because it was so, this didn't work for me. I don't know why. Like his what do you mean? What do you mean by didn't work? I don't know. Like his freak out and like his his telling the son. Like they get a car chase that's hilarious because the kid's like, "What are we doing?" But then like the next scene is just like, "Go, go, go!" Which it makes sense for a kid. A kid, I don't need answers, but we are going 120 miles an hour, and I'm super pumped about it <laughs> in a car with no airbags. I uh, mean, it doesn't have charming with a two by four, but <sighs> it'll do. No, it can't. It can't always be at charming with a two by four. So, I don't know. Like, I just feel like the the energy he had was not, I don't know. It didn't work for me. Like, the way he portrayed it, the way that this actor portrayed this, it it was probably on the lower end of the episode for me. It's kind of what took me out of it just a little bit. I don't know why. I just, mm. 
I just, I don't know why. Especially the scene where he's telling him, run, run into the woods and get your uncle. I'm like, I hate this so much. Like, also, do you think the kid is going to outrun a woman with, like, long legs and heels? No, because he barely makes it to the town line. I love it. So Yeah, I also, I like, I, I feel like there should have been a bit more, a bit more sadness in, in desperation in in his like freak out at the end mm-hmm. it, it, sound, it felt like he was it felt like he was playing it like a character from the enchanted forest not a person in modern day yes okay yeah yeah yeah. okay i get with that, that, that makes yeah sense. like he yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. yeah he wasn't playing it like how a normal person would react to the situation of this really strange woman is trying to take my child away from me I got to get him out of here. Oh my God, help. Like he was playing it like uh, this evil witch, this queen witch is trying to enchant me and take, and take my son away, which she was doing, but he doesn't know. He doesn't understand any of this. This doesn't make any sense to him. But yeah, like they have this sweet chase and he tells the son to run. He doesn't. (laughs) No, he makes it two feet. (laughs) And then I, this, yeah, this might rank amongst one of the worst things Regina has ever done because at any point, once she realized she can't have the boy, she could have let the father go. Thank you. I don't understand why this didn't happen. I mean, if you think about it, it could be because she was worried he would spill the beans about the town. But the town is enchanted and no one can get in. So you're fine, girl. It's fine. I, I, this, everything about this, I have so many questions. Like, convince the kid, because the whole time Graham is just like manhandling him, which, by the way, mostly because just the very thought of Jamie Dorton brings up Fifty Shades of Grey. It's just how it goes. He, the scene where he's just like trying to like, force the guy down on the desk looks so wrong. Like, he was just, like, behind <laughs> just slamming his head on the desk, and I was like, okay. Like, yeah. okay. Anyway, but he's doing the same thing. Like, Regina's sitting there, she's just like, come with me, we'll make ample turnovers for the rest of our lives. Meanwhile, Dad is getting his head bashed in by Graham, and Graham's just like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Do we get to have sex later? Like, it's such a, like, yeah. weird dynamic, but it, it could have just been like, look, I'll let your dad go. But you guys do have to stay here so I can explain it. And then you imprison both of them and you're weird about it. But, like, you don't... Like, this this was sloppy on Regina's part. You don't let a kid go. Especially a kid in which has witnessed some sort of trauma. They come back and they're weird. And guess what? Ethan Embry's character is hella weird. <gasps> oh, no. I did it. Oh, I'm sorry. I what? ruined it. Spoilers. It's liter- <laughs> This is literally the best time to reveal it. Greg yeah. is Owen. This... I- like, biggest shocker in the world, right? I know. I, I was super surprised, too. I love that he's got that super old keychain, and he just has it, and he just says that, like, really, like, stage acty line where he's like, I'll find you, Dad. I'll find you. It's like, <laughs> they had no idea I will how to always reveal find him. you. <laughs> they have no idea how to reveal him, and it's just, like, kind of loosely tying to uh, Mary Margaret's speech about birds being loyal and blah, blah, and always coming back, and they're wild and blah, blah. It just made me like, they'll always find you. I'll find you, Dad. It's like, we couldn't have thought of a better line to reveal who Ethan Emery's character was. Like, 
Okay. I feel like you didn't even need a line. You, if you just went, if you just had panned down to his hand holding the lanyard, and that was it, they that would have said it. They also should have looked at the lanyards more because I thought he handed him beef jerky in the first part of the episode. He's like, "Here you go." I'm like, "What in the world is he holding?" Like he's just like, "Dude, I got it." Like, yeah, it looks kind of it looked kind of gross. Yeah, I was like, but what the is sun this? points out that it's kind of a nasty looking thing. Yeah, but we also don't look at it like because it's dark in that scene, so like uh-huh. we don't get like a close up to see it. So then like we get this really we get a hero shot of this keychain we've never seen before. Like he's like, I'll find you, Dad. I'm like. Oh, I guess that that's a 30-year-old keychain. I guess. Because basically, we, and then the one scene I skipped is basically, yeah, that, that he brings the police officers back to the town line. And then there's this really dramatic scene of Regina being, like, on the outside of the, outside of, the, or inside of the spell, just being like, I see you. And the kid staring into nothing. It's a cool shot because they keep doing it in a way that you can see Regina looking at them. But then when they pan out, Regina's not there because it's an enchantment. I thought it was cool. It was very... I don't know. The police, too, were just like, kid, there's nothing here. <laughs> Storybrooke just isn't here. Your dad is gone. Like, I'm like, guys, maybe a little bit nicer. <laughs> this kid lost his dad and his mom. And apparently you guys know this, which I think is also strange. Like, they seem to have an understanding of this kid's trauma. Yeah, from when, he's from, when he's from Jersey. Yeah, he's not Maybe from the boss Maine. called them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so... I really, I did like this episode a lot. And Same. I did really like this origin story for this guy who's been, you know, for Greg, who's been in the show for several episodes. I like the idea that Regina's curse isn't infallible and yes. that, like, things like these small fuck-ups can happen outside of the savior coming back to rescue them. The thing I didn't like... You know, apart from all the other things I've mentioned, is where we have two parallels in this. We have a parallel in this episode: Mary Margaret's grief and guilt versus Regina's in the past. Mm-hmm. Mary Margaret feels guilty about, um, you know, what she did to Cora. Regina feels guilty over what she did to Owen's father. But in both situations, it's framed. Through Regina's point of view, which for the Mary Margaret thing makes sense because Regina's the one who got screwed over and inadvertently killed her mother when she was trying to do the right thing. But in the past, she's very much in the wrong and she committed a horrible act against somebody. And yet it was still framed through her point of view as if like on her focus on her teary face as if we're supposed to feel sorry for her plight that all she wants is to love this child love a child and be loved in return i'm like you kidnapped his father and uh, let him run in the woods like a tiny small child by himself he could have died he could have been eaten by a bear yeah that's true um i agree i i do i do like that they set this up with the hansel and gretel thing hansel and gretel thing of being like Regina craves being a mom, um, it, it from probably a place of being you know like the, a very like um, angsty I'll be a better mom than you or just to be able to show an affection to somebody else and it's very easy to love a child because you can just want to protect them and teach them things like it and 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 kids are like kids are very if they like you. <laughs> kids are very open with their love like obviously as we've seen uh with this episode kids are just like shut it down no like you're nice and apple turnovers are are fine and oh his heartbreaking 
the kid had a very heartbreaking line where he was just like, not like this. And it was heartbreaking because it, it felt like it kind of got through to Regina. But at the same time, I liked that the kid kind of posed it. And again, he's a kid, so he doesn't really know. But I do like that he kind of posed of being like, I mean, we could have stayed here, but now you made it weird. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that because again like he he's a kid he doesn't really know like I'm not gonna blame him too terribly much uh but I it just it's like, oh, like you man it's like we were uh, so close but mm. also your lasagna sucks which I like that that like didn't she bring lasagna to the potluck that they all ousted her on yeah she's and they just all like, really she's only like that's all she can do apparently is make las- terrible lasagna that no one wants to eat uh, I do find it kind of funny though that um every example of Regina uh, trying to love a child and be rejected by them results in her abandoning them in the woods. <laughs> it's true. Also, she's got a track record. <laughs> Listen, uh, okay, so I want a list of other things that Regina has made because right now I know she can make apple turnovers. She just acts like she can make all this apple flavored things, but she's only really made turnovers. And it's like, I mean, if you can make turnovers, that that's one thing. But if that's all you keep making. It's not like you made an apple pie with the kid or like a tart or a, or a, oh no, what's the tart, the upside down French tart. Oh no. <sighs> I'm going to, I'm going to remember it after we stop recording. There's a, a, a French tartan or something like that where it's like, it's an apple tart, but it's upside down. It looks delicious. Or literally just do the easiest thing. Just dip an apple in caramel and call it a day. How Kids love that did, shit. How was Regina not handing out caramel apples all of the time? Like with fresh caramel on them, so they were. Dr- I love the Snow White apple so much. Like where it's just like, <laughs> here you go. It's like goo 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 is coming off of it. It's terrible. Like she should have been handling those, but also Regina very much has a. I don't wash my hands because I don't touch dirt. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Well, so that is kind of where we are at the end of this episode. We've got Greg's origin story, his vengeance against the town, his raison d'etre, his reason for being here. And uh, Regina has kind of gone off the deep end, even more so than we originally had expected her to go off the deep end. And Mary Margaret's got a dark heart. Mary Mary Margaret is going through an emo phase. She has her, her fallout boy in her ears and she is just sitting there jiving like, yeah, no, she's, because, yeah, Mary Margaret, no, I had a thought I'm not going to say it. I, I like this episode. I really do. Like, there were, I, and I told you before, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not, but there were so many moments in this, like, especially with the kid and how Regina was being very persuasive, um, mm-hmm. that just made me, like, it made my skin crawl. And it made my skin crawl because it was being so well done. Like, I love that. I love it when a, when a show gives you something that is so hard to watch because you cannot mm-hmm. tell yourself that it's fake. Like, it is so realistic that you just go, I, 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 like, my anxiety cannot deal with this. Like, I just, I want to, I got to watch it for the podcast, but I kind of don't want to. Like, I want to just get away from this because I don't like the feeling that it's giving me. Um, and that's that's 100% on the, the actors and the actresses. Um, it was a great episode. Solid. Terrible things. You're right. I can't believe Very... we redeem this woman and we just start screaming about how great she is later when she's done shit like this. Oh, I know. It's so weird. Do you want to hear some really funny facts about this episode, though? Always, Beth. All right. So I've got some production notes up. Uh, so a couple little things. Uh, one, apparently there was a, a, a deleted scene, a deleted moment where it turns out that uh, Graham uh, had a bunch of 
Hall and Oates tapes in his glove compartment. What? All right. And I don't get what that is, but apparently that's a thing. Okay. Yep. I guess it's I guess it's telling you that it's 1983. I guess. I, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Uh, and then there is. So they have the Storybook newspaper, which you know I always Obviously. love to read the newspaper. Obviously. And I cackled at this one because uh, it was dated for 1983, and apparently Emma's birthday is in October. If you go by the date on the, although you know the Enchanted Force is a time outside of time, so what do you know? Uh, but there was an article with the headline, and I had to look this up because there's a thing about it. Uh, the article says, shelter dog adopted by the couple that stole him. <laughs> and apparently, <laughs> that was a real story from 2012. <laughs> what? That was a real story. <laughs> and they just put the headline in this big Shelter dog adopted by the people who stole him? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's... Yeah. I love I love this show so much. I love it. I... <laughs> First of all, I love that there's a newspaper. There's 20 yep. people that live in that town. Yep. <laughs> oh, anyway, so that was season two. Episode 17, Welcome to Storybrooke. And uh, we've gotten a new character and a new connection uh, to uh, the Enchanted Forest, or rather to Storybrooke and the whole Enchanted Forest transfer. Uh, and then next week, we are going to get to know Neil's fiance a little bit better. And from what I remember, she's also got, uh, got a situation. And I think she might have a connection to Greg. And I think it all, I'm pretty sure... I'm starting to remember what happened. I'm pretty sure all of it ties to Rumpel's daddy. Daddy. I just, yeah. Daddy. 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 (laughs) Daddy. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) I'm going to do that so I can say daddy. (laughs) Listen, I, again, I just, uh, cards on the table here. I've been existing in like a a Marvel and I'm on TikTok. It's what I do. Uh, But there, there is just an entire corner that is just obsessed with Sebastian Stan because of Bucky. Uh, Bucky Barnes and Marvel and everything. Um, but TikTok is an app filled with children. I'm 35, so they're all children to me. Anyone under the age of 25, I apologize. I, But they all refer to him as having daddy vibes. And I'm like, no, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> and it just makes me laugh. So anyway, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Gen Z has made me thoroughly reject the term daddy and it freaks me out <laughs> go clean your room clean your room also okay just back to the episode real quick uh uh-huh. regina's power line at the end get off my porch <laughs> it worked it worked i don't uh, know why it worked but i loved it she just, just get off my lawn it's the best line of the episode in my opinion best line all right, guys. Well, uh, before we sign off, just wanted to give you guys a little Patreon update um, because, as you know, we have moved to a bi- – um, we, we did announce this previously, but we have moved to a biweekly release schedule because, again, Baby Dragons are tough. I literally thought I wouldn't t- be able to tape tonight because he screamed for hours because babies do that, and it's great. No problems at all. Everything's wonderful. Motherhood Everything's is magical. Fine. I, I sleep all the time. It's awesome. Uh <laughs> I don't, have, I've, I've got so I, I don't, I don't know what to do at with all. It's fine. Um, 
So we want to make sure that everybody who is a wonderful patron, again, thanks to all of you guys, has the opportunity to, uh, if you want to have the same tier for half the price, I have added basically second tier options in Patreon where you get the same benefits for half the cost. Um, And because the only other option was basically just to delete the Patreon and start over because Patreon is weird. Uh, And I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to make you guys all have to do that work. So if you choose to, you can go and sign up for one of these newer tiers um, to get the same benefits for half the price. But otherwise, starting in the next episode, if you're donating $5 or more, regardless of which tier you're on, you will now get a credit at the end. You will get a credit in the show notes. Uh, I'm not going to be reading them every single week because it's basically going to double or triple the amount of names. (laughs) But you will get a credit from here on out in the uh, the show notes. And uh, thank you as being a Snow Queen, regardless of whether you're a Snow Queen or a Deary, because to us, you will be a Snow Queen. And um, I, I will say, I don't want to like super push it. Like we're, we're, we're asking you to definitely do this. It's a, it's, it's very much from the kindness of your own heart. We thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say, and I will advertise the fact that the last episode, episode that we did extra for Patreon uh, did involve Beth's wonderful husband, Tim, and all three of us just discussing Josie and the pussycat dolls or Josie and the pussycats. <laughs> I, did it again. Pussycat I did it again. Uh, but I, Neither Tim and I had watched it, so it was just us watching it with the fresh eyes of 2021, and I had a blast. I think it definitely translated over the audio, because afterwards I was like, I'm going to watch this movie again. This is going to be the best ever. (laughs) I had so much fun. Uh, So just so you guys know that that is available through that uh, as a small advertisement for it, um, we do fun stuff like that before. And I think we were going to do another episode. I don't remember what our next episode was going to be. I feel like we talked about it, and I don't remember. We uh, we were going to do the Brandy Cinderella movie. Is our next I'm so one, excited. which so which you and I have both seen presumably many times. Well, I, but I haven't seen it in a long time, and I'm very much looking forward to Jason Alexander and doubloons. So I will point out that like Beth pitched that to me, and she was like, "Yeah, there's like a new Cinderella." I'm like, "There's a new Cinderella?" And she's like, "No, it's on Disney Plus. It's the brand new one." I'm like, "Oh, of course, I've seen that." Like, I <laughs> didn't realize until I had that conversation with Beth that I was so like rabid about Cinderella movies. Like I love <laughs> the live action Disney one that came out, but that's also because I'm in love with Richard Madden who plays mm. Prince Charming, who will also be in Eternals, which they finally showed a shot for. And I mm-hmm. am obsessed. Uh, so anyway, just, just random thoughts with Abby. <laughs> Yes, and that is also available if you are a $3 or more patron. You can get access to all of our bonus episodes. Uh, And of course, if you have any questions about our Patreon, you can email us on Patreon anytime or at ouatiming at gmail.com. Um, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can join our wonderful Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can follow us on Twitter at OUA timing. I am personally at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we will be back in two weeks with season two, episode 18. I don't remember the title, but I can go look at down the Wikipedia. It's selfless, brave, and true. <gasps> the, the Pinocchio is here. The Pinocchio's back. Uh-oh. August is Uh-oh. back. My, my man, my daddy. <laughs> Beth, I swear to God. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us and Abby. We will see you next week. See you next week, Beth.
again, so glad we were able to meet today. Thanks for coming over. Whoa, what's that? Pretty awesome, right? It's my new FlexiSpot E7 Pro Plus standing desk. Goes from sitting to standing with the push of a button. You know, I've been thinking about getting a desk like that. I have back pain from being in a chair all day, but I feel like they're either cheap and flimsy or crazy expensive. That's why I went with FlexiSpot. This desk is super sturdy, but totally affordable. The base is made of automotive grade carbon steel. Sit on it. Okay. Hey, this is cool. All right, I want in on one of these. Where do I find FlexiSpot? Just go to their website, FlexiSpot.com. And go right now because they're giving an extra $80 off their already low prices. Go to FlexiSpot.com and use code 80OFF to get an extra $80 off the E7 Pro Plus standing desk. Backed by an industry-leading 15-year warranty. Don't wait. This special offer will not last long. Go to FlexiSpot.com and use code 80OFF. That's F-L-E-X-I-S-P-O-T.com. Go to FlexiSpot.com now. Advocate for those who need support and make a difference in your community. Earn a Bachelor of Social Work from Grand Canyon University. GCU is a premier private Christian university offering online social work programs with affordable tuition and personalized support. In addition, you can earn your Master of Social Work by completing the Bachelor of Social Work plus just one additional year instead of two. Find your purpose. Visit gcu.edu slash social work to learn more.